Welcome to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength. That Farm Life is a production of Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. We talk about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between. Because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now here's your host, Stan Norman. Hello and welcome to That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Stan Norman. I serve as your host. And today we are very happy to have Dr. Stephen and Tracy Bell with us today. We are going to be talking about work education and their experience in that. And we think this is a pretty appropriate topic because in this ministry to the ag community, some of the hardest working people I know in the world are farmers or those that are involved in agriculture somehow. Um, my family background, as I've shared on previous podcasts, uh, my family learned how to work hard, and they learned how to work hard in agricultural context. And we are trying to replicate teaching a strong work ethic to our students. And so today, we have two of our faculty here at Williams Baptist University that have a background in work education. They came to us from a sister school. Uh, where the core identity of that school in their overall liberal arts expression was hard work, College of the Ozarks. And they are doing a great job, and we have learned a lot from what they are doing. And today, we want to talk about what that looks like here. So first of all, welcome to the podcast. Very glad to have you back. This is your second time around, and you did so well the first time. We're delighted to have you back. Well, thank you. It's It's good to be back. It's good to have you both back. So let's talk about... What brought you here, not to the podcast, but what brought you here to Williams Baptist University? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we grew up in Arkansas. We both grew up in Little Rock. I think we talked about that last time. The opportunity to just get on board with the vision that you set out for us in the beginning when we were in talks about coming here was really exciting because we had grown up in the state. We've been gone for 20 years. The opportunity to come home to a state that gave us so much, so much of our identity growing up um, was really exciting. Mm-hmm. And the vision that you set for us was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Opportunity to come back and build something around work and relationships and the family studies department. We just, we, we couldn't, we couldn't pass that up. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, when I think about the work program and a work college model, you know, I, I think about, you know, our our very first experience with College of the Ozarks, we had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and through 17 years, yep. 17 years, uh, we, we, we grew up at the university level um, on a work campus mm-hmm. um, and really began to appreciate the value of experiencing work and tying it, integrating it into the overall student transformation. The thought to be able to come back and be on the front part of that yeah, and to help people understand the importance of it. Because again, I go back, we walked into something that was already established and established well, and we didn't understand it to try to help people along the way as we're trying to transition fully to that, 
to be a part of the the process to help faculty and staff, community leaders to be able to understand what we're trying to do. That's that's exciting to me. Yeah, it's it's really is exciting to me. And I think I've shared this on previous podcasts. I certainly have shared it in other venues in which I've spoken. Prior to moving into administration, I taught theology. That was my discipline. And one part of that is teaching a biblical or a Christian worldview. And there was kind of this classical model in that framework where you talk about following the Bible, creation, fall, redemption in Jesus Christ, and then consummation the final state. And the thing is you try to weave a worldview that follows that biblical model. Well, I taught that for years, and uh, over the course of time, I might tweak it and elevate an idea with more prominence, but that basically was the model. Then I come to Williams, and we're looking at, you know, we really need to go in a direction that builds upon the legacy and the past of this school, but also gives us a unique identity and expands our education efforts. And that was sort of the impetus that moved into Williams' works. And as I got into what the Bible taught on work, I felt like I needed to go back and repent because I didn't take seriously the value, the prominence, the meaning of work in God's purposes for his human creation. And I think we've gotten away from that in education. I think we've gotten away from that in just our societal norms. And recent conversations with different leaders in the state of Arkansas have reminded us the importance of not just teaching how to work, but integrating that as part of the over-educational model, which is where you two worked for a long time at College of the Ozarks, and now you're helping us build that here. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I, you know, I see the value of a student who who has to go, um, let's say, to whether it's the chicken house or whether it's the administration building and is, or it's in a dorm room pushing a broom around, um, they begin to understand they're part of a bigger system. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not just about them. It's about coming together. And if everybody's doing their part, um, that they create something special and something they can be proud of. <clears throat> also, I think in terms of hard work, there's something that you learn about pushing a broom. I keep saying pushing a broom because I was I'm a son of a couple of janitors, and so uh, my my parents own a, a cleaning service. So, okay. <clears throat> you know i i never I never got sat down by my parents about what hard work was. I experienced it. Yeah, I saw it with my own eyes, and I think there's something powerful about giving students an opportunity to experience hard work. And then that teaching aspect is being able to connect that back to the areas in which they plan to go. So I think in terms of the classroom, if a student can appreciate the value and importance of pushing a broom in the admin building, they're going to come to my classroom and appreciate the value of reading a chapter prepared for a discussion. There is a connection there. Now, I think it's our job to be able to help bridge that for them, to have dialogues. Um, but there's something powerful about hard work outside the classroom and bringing it into the classroom. I absolutely agree. And one of the things the pandemic did in this post-pandemic world, I think it sort of uncovered some societal trends that we are now bearing the fruit of, and that is 
there are some people that don't want to work and that continues to carry over socially. There are some of our larger corporations in America that kind of had a different work model to accommodate the pandemic. And now post pandemic, when they want to return to more of a classical work model, a lot of those employees are pushing back and they don't want to do that. But we also have identified people that don't know how to work. And you identified, I think a moment ago that some things about work can be read about in a book, but a lot of it is just learned in, in life. How important is the family in teaching work? You alluded to your parents. I know my parents. We didn't have a sit down with my mom and dad and just say, look, these are the five traits of hard work. We just did it in the context of a family. So you guys are our campus experts on healthy families. Talk a little bit about the role of the family in teaching work. Yeah, I think, um, and I'll just use our family. Okay. Right? Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, I think there's something about building habits in your children, right? And so one way that we've done that is it's just an expectation, right? So you're expected to get your bed made. You're expected to wipe the sink out after you brush your teeth. These are expectations we have for you. And it's not to just for you to learn how to work hard. It is because we all live in this home and we need to be taken care of and what God's given us. And that carries over. It should be an overflow. So when my kids see trash at school, we've had these conversations. When you see the trash, pick up the trash. I think, what did you used to say as a coach in the dugout? Leave it better than you found it. Leave yeah. it better than you found it. This is, a, this is a motto that we have within our family. And it is to get them outside of themselves, <laughs> to understand that they're part of a family, but they're also part of a community, and they're part of a society. And God's given us a responsibility to steward the things around us, right? For restoration. You talk about this idea of restoration. I think restoring, you know, campuses, restoring communities through the value of hard work is so important for our students to get, right? Mm -hmm. To experience. Yeah, I just, um, I think the importance of doing it with them, I think yeah. sometimes is, um, you know, I, I don't know if this will make sense, but you know, there's something powerful about when when we ask our kids to do something, but we're willing to go alongside them and do it with them hmm. um, instead of just saying, hey, do that. You know, that's important. It's your job. But to actually say, hey, we want you to do this. It's your job. But let us work and show you how to do it well. Um, you know, I know that we, we have a lot of farmers that are that are listening to us now. And, and I think that that happens all the time. Um, on the farm, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that uh, you don't you don't just tell somebody, but you do it alongside them. And I think that's also about building community, mm -hmm. um, building a culture. I'm all about building a culture. There's nothing better than if you want to build a culture is get people going in the same direction, working hard together. Okay, let me dovetail on that because you said something that triggered a thought. How does the role of work? as you guys have described it here, contribute to a healthy family? How does work help in building a healthy family? And then when we finish that, I want to push that into, okay, how does what we do in teaching work, how can that be exploited in the positive sense of the word 
in a formal educational setting like mm-hmm. our, our university here. So let's start with the family. How does work contribute to a healthy family? Relationships are hard. <laughs> they are, just like work. So we're building these habits through the things that we do, right? Um, making the bed, cleaning up after yourself, putting the dishes away. These are things that we do, and, you know, it's hard sometimes. We don't. We have too much to do. We don't want to do it, right? The house gets messy. <laughs> Relationships are the same way. Families are the same way. Families are hard. It's hard to be in relationship t- sometimes with your husband or wife, with your kids, with your siblings. We are teaching them that all of life is doable, right? God has given you relationships. And yes, it's going to be hard, but you're expected to do it, right? Because he's called you to do it. This is what restoration looks like. This is what redemption looks like. This side of heaven, work is going to be hard, Mm -hmm. right? We know this from the garden. Adam and Eve worked prior to sin, the work wasn't hard. It didn't feel like work, right? Yeah. Because we live in a fallen world, right? It is going to be hard, but we have to work toward the restorative nature of what God's called us to. And so, I need my kids to understand that. Stephen mentioned building community. Can mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking through as you guys are talking about how to build community. Can you build community without work? What would if what would that look like if you were trying to build community without having work? Maybe not the only part of it, but a big part of it. Could you build community meaningfully without some collaborative expression of work? I don't see it as a possibility. <laughs> <clears throat> you have not been asked this question before. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm as we're speaking, I'm thinking through staring at the ceiling to see if I can get an answer. Um, I don't know how you can, because I, th- I think part of work is is also to recognize the impact of what you do onto others. Okay. Like it's, it's connected. I, so I don't, I don't know how you, because there's a way in which you're building community because your, your impact, I mean, you take the, you know, the, the accountant who's crunching numbers in a cubicle. We might look at that and say, well, that's hard work by themselves. No, it's not. What if they don't do that well? It impacts the people around them. That's right. Um, <clears throat> and then you, you can take the farmer, for instance, who might have four of their family members working alongside them to bell hay so we can see the community there. But I, I think you're building community at all times. Um, through work. So I, I don't know. Even I, in our leisure, when we are playing as families, there's a component of work. Mm-hmm. You're doing something, you're accomplishing mm-hmm. tasks or, or things are getting done or events are happening as a result of effort and function that even in leisure, there's an element of a, this collaborative joining together to get something accomplished. And the teaching that can come with that is so rich, right? So you talk about, you know, activities that we do as a family being work. We, we love to play wiffle ball <laughs> out in the yard with the kids, and we are all competitive. We have four kids. Stephen and I both are competitive. Um, I do not let my little ones win just to win, um, and neither does Stephen. And so sometimes the work is modeling for them, okay, this is how you lose gracefully. This is how you work you know, alongside your siblings as a team, hmm. right? That's in leisure, um, but there's something so sweet about, taking those opportunities, 
right? To teach, just to teach life, to teach those skills that they're going to need as they move into the world, as we launch them. I I keep the, uh, as you, you both are talking, I, I just think in terms of, you know, work as a ministry, work as an opportunity to, to glorify God, right? Like people are watching us. Yeah. You know, if, if we say it's important to be good stewards, for instance, then that message gets lost if somebody watches me step over a piece of trash walking across campus. Yeah. I, I can't I can't preach to not just my students, but the outside community talk about the importance of work. But then when they come on campus, they see me do something that goes the opposite direction. So there's a way in which to begin to see work as a ministry. Mm-hmm. It's 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 living out the very thing that that we're talking we're supposed to do. And I keep the restoration that you were mentioning earlier, I think is so important. Yeah. Man, what a what a message, right? Like when a field gets overgrown and you go and you cut it. I don't know if you've ever seen that at six in the morning and the dew's on the ground and the sun's coming up. It's gorgeous. It didn't look like that before you cut it. Yeah. There's something something about this idea of restoration and and demonstrating who God is through work. Um, I'm rambling now, but well, let, let's I, let's take this to the to the education side of this. Uh, we've talked about in the family context. Now let's talk about uh, your previous experience and the opportunity that we are building something from the ground up here. And in a sense, that's true. In a sense, it's not true. Because when the school was founded at Southern Baptist College in 1941, work was part of that. They had a 400-acre rice and soybean farm here. They had a print shop. They had a woodworking shop where they made furniture and pulpits and pews for churches. They had an auto mechanic repair and certification program. That was a job. And then they had an HVAC certification and repair job and program here. So it's it's not new to the school, but we're kind of circling back around to do it because we haven't been doing it previously for a long time. And so we're going through some growth pains. We're kind of figuring this out both uh, organizationally, programmatically, pedagogically, curricularly. You guys have significant experience in teaching and educating in this model. What did you see about how work and the academic, if that's the way we want to describe it, the practical and the academic, how did these come together in in a university platform? Talking about transformation, um, I watched students who who weren't the best of students as freshmen. <laughs> who were just as bad at working on their campus job. Um, oftentimes those, those two would go together. Um, if they were not as good in the classroom, they typically struggled to do it outside the classroom. I noticed there was like this working relationship. I think some was intentional and I think some was organic, but as students learned the value of working hard and doing a job well, they it began to bleed into the classroom. These students you would see as they get into their sophomore, junior year, the student who, if you were to ask them to write a page to two pages, they would write you a half page. 
that student would all of a sudden start writing closer to two pages. You would ask them in their freshman year to read a chapter. They might read a page. You get into their sophomore, junior years, as as their work improved outside the classroom, you begin to see that it improved inside the classroom. I think it's hard for people to compartmentalize the value of work and working hard. Um, I think people naturally have that going for them or they don't. Um, either they, they're going to do it inside the classroom, they're going to do it outside the classroom, they're going to do it in their athletic endeavor, they're going to do it in their music endeavor, whatever their extracurricular activity of choice is. I think you're going to see that, that it's, um, there's a correlation between the two. As one goes yeah. up, the other one goes up. Yeah. And as one stays down, the other one stays down. And I really, I think one of the strongest components for me, at least, you know, in our experience was this idea of scaffolding, right? With the student. So when they were asked to work at a particular, like usually they started in the calf, mm-hmm. where we're coming dish from, pit. Right? the dish pit. And as you worked up incrementally through the years, whatever major you were going into they made a very strong attempt to put the student within a work position that would complement the major. And so that was really neat to see. But even beyond that, there was this sense of training. So if you were put in the dish pit, you weren't just told, go wash the dishes. You had a strong adult there mentoring you. This is what it looks like to have great dishes. And they would teach you and train you so that you were prepared to go into your next position. They had to interview for those positions. They had to sit down in front of the super, the work supervisor and prove that they were worthy of the position that they wanted. Right. And so there was this, yeah, there was this level of competition there and they learned how to dress and how to speak and how to look someone in the eye. Um, but then when they got into those higher positions, it was the same thing. There was always a work supervisor there. You know, I'm not going to leave you. I'm here with you. Right. Until you learn what is necessary. I've got you. I've got your back. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to walk alongside you, but you're going to be the one that does it. And there's some, there's this way in which you see these kids come into school that don't have these skills. They're wide eyed. They're a little nervous about it. And you see them so proud when they're leaving. They've accomplished so much. Right. And that bleeds over into the classroom. We were very, I think we were very good at those 100 classes, you know, the, the 100 level classes. We were very much. We're here with you. We've got your back. Yes, we're going to expect more of you, but we're we're going to you know unpack things that you don't understand. And then the two hundred level classes, we're going to kind of expect you to do more without us standing over you. And by senior year, they're in the community giving seminars on their own, yeah, right? Yeah. And that is because we understand that yes, they need to be put in positions of working hard, but they also need adults around them who are going to support them and be those anchors to help teach those skills. You know, you guys have said some things that as you're talking, I'm thinking of students here. I'm thinking of the very first Williamsworth student to apply, Alex Cole, who is completing his last classroom semester on campus. He does his student internship teaching next spring. So pretty much he has finished with his on-campus studies. I remember when he first got here and the rawness, the uh, youthfulness, even the immaturity. 
And he would even struggle to speak publicly in some ways, even though his desire was to be a high school uh, civics history teacher. He spoke at an event this last fall for our alumni and friends, and it's like he's a different person. And he's talking about what he learned in work and how it's going to affect his professional life as a teacher. He talked about learning to collaborate. He talked about sticking with the task. He talked about problem solving, mm-hmm. having to learn to work on a mower, work on a tractor under adult supervision. We're not going to turn, turn <laughs> loose on a tractor. And then he said something that just made my heart swell with so much joy. And then he said, by being a student leader on the farm, I think I've learned how I can manage my classroom. Mm-hmm. Just connecting the vocational work expression bleeding over into his life. And then I, I think of, of Addison talking about this is a safe place to learn because there are going to be people that come alongside you to teach you. Uh, I can't think of other schools. I know they are out there that that are going to offer that to students, but just a handful of, of schools that are going to provide the academically excellent and the practically relevant and bringing the two together so that when they leave here, they are ready to be husbands, wives, mothers, fathers, viable employees to serve the community, to serve our society, the churches, the families. I just think this is a very special thing, and you guys are making a big impact. I want to give you guys the final word here before you wrap it up. Tell me about your dream for your program here, what what you envision happening, what it looks like, and the impact it's going to have for our students, both present and future, and then the families will be impacted beyond that. You want to talk about the center? and Sure. And- so, well, yes. Let me start with the students. My hope for the student, right? Yeah. And, and I tell my students this because we're not easy. <laughs> I think that um, that is becoming an awareness on campus, right? Um We aren't easy classes. And I will tell my students, my hope for you is that you see yourself the way I do. I have a high standard because I know that you can succeed. And I will not lower my bar because I know that you're capable. God made you capable. And I'm going to treat you like the created, right? Like I understand that you have that capability. I see your worth and value. And I'm going to just keep repeating that. And yes, it feels hard. You're reading things you've never been challenged to read before. That's why we have dictionaries. <laughs> you know, I, I will I will say these things. I want them to understand that they're smart. Yeah. I, I really do. And I want them to understand that building that knowledge with knowledge comes responsibility. And I repeat that constantly to them. Now that you know, you're responsible. So when you go out into the field, you keep learning. You, you stay on top of the neuroscience. You stay on top of the research around family. You stay on top of the trauma research because you've been given a responsibility by your creator. And I want you so much to be the best therapist, clinician, uh, children's minister, missionary. We have all of those right in, under our department. I, I want you to be the best at 
the task that you've been given. So that's my hope for the student. Yeah, yeah. Some ways we're going to do that. Do you want me? Yeah. <clears throat> well, I think that's where we all tie what she just said into the idea of the the work program. One, one of the things that that she is tasked with doing is is creating a center for healthy families. One of the things we we envision is that being a work program site, I should say, where students are going to come in and work. Um, there'll be jobs there. Our hope is, is that we utilize the work program to walk alongside and, and make not just like teach them in the classroom, to, but help them see how it comes to life and that's applied outside the classroom. And we we're, our plan is to work side by side um, with the students um, to help them see their capabilities, yeah. not just be told it but also to experience it. And so they'll have opportunities to begin to engage the community, to, to go and, and do seminars alongside of us. Um, hopefully, by the time they become seniors, they're going to go out and they're going to do their own seminars to enrich families and marriages. That's how we um, envision our kind of our little role over here at the university, right? Within our department, within the center, and the work program, like how we tie the classroom to to the student and their their transformation. I always call it transformation because I think I think they're more than just getting an education. I think yeah. it's about transformation and so. and serving those soft skills as well. That yeah. is the number one complaint of top corporations right now. Students have book knowledge and zero soft skills. That's right. And we want to be a place for that. We yeah. want our students to be educated in a holistic way. Yes. Not just memorization yes. of a book. Yes. Well the studies that are out there that support what we're doing here are just more than you could read mm-hmm. in a lifetime. There is a direct correlation between academic success and work. And it's kind of the anomaly when a family will say, well we don't want our student to work while they're in school. We just want them to, to go to class and, and have a college experience. They may be inadvertently short-circuiting, if not undermining, successful academic and learning opportunity on the collegiate level because students who work while in school perform academically higher. Mm-hmm. They graduate higher rates. They retain at higher rates. It just helps them be successful in life. And to your area focal point. I can't think of a harder job in the world than the hard work of building a family. That's hard work. And what you're teaching our students here on the value of work and then integrating that with the family, you're helping build future healthy families. Thank you for doing that. Absolutely. For sure. Well, thank you for being here today and thank you for listening to that Farm Life podcast. We deviated a little bit from our typical agricultural discussion, but when we were first approached about this podcast, it was presented to us as a podcast for hardworking families. And we thought it'd just be good to talk about work today and the role of work for human healthy flourishing and how we are trying to incorporate that and what we're doing here at Women's Baptist University. So we hope you were encouraged today that we are hard at work building a future workforce that can come alongside you out there and help you in your work. So thank you for listening today. And remember, keep the faith and keep farming. You've been listening to That Farm Life. 
planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Stan Norman. That Farm Life is a creation of AgriHealth Network and is produced by Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. AgriHealth Network exists to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about AgriHealth Network at agrihealth.net and more about Williams at williamsbu.edu. That Farm Life is produced and edited by Mike Dixon. Chris Grady and Brett Cooper serve as executive producers, and Elizabeth Ring is our production assistant. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep farming and keep the faith.